0: This episode is the second to focus on a CA team's deployment to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. It's from a different perspective. Enjoy the show.
1: With Tesla government's knowledge management solutions, you're adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com.
2: And we came up with you know, some solutions, which just simply involved, like, having a day off, you know, every once in a while. It's imperative that you um, structure your op tempo appropriately, that you don't
0: burn yourselves out, because it's very easy to do. Welcome to the 1CA Podcast. My name is John McElligot, and today we're speaking with sort of first class Josh Spears, who joined the, he was part of the CA team that went to San Pedro Sula, Josh, can you tell us more about um, what you were doing on the CAT? Uh, what was your role on the, the CA team and just a little bit more about your background?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, uh, I joined in 2001. So I just hit my 20 year mark. I, I spent about 16 years in the National Guard and then kind of got stagnated. So I made the switch over to the reserves and have been in CA ever since. On the team in country, I was uh, a CANCO, I was Civil Affairs uh, NCO. And so, I guess my primary responsibilities were capturing as much information as possible throughout uh, the engagements and researching the areas as well as I could and producing products, really trying to uh, and, and refining the other uh, contributions. Uh, Of others to the products and and kind of molding it into one uh, coherent, solid piece.
0: Okay, great. Thanks. How would you describe San Pedro Sula? What's the sense of what you got of the town generally and interactions with the people?
2: Essentially, it was like going to any other city that I've ever been to. You hear all the horror stories and all the, not horror stories, but you hear all the I guess, talk and uh, definitely the re, you know, the different, when you Google San Pedro Sula, certain things pop up, right? You know, in your mind, if you've never been there, uh, obviously, you know, you start to form pictures. Uh, and it's just like, if you Googled about crime rate in Chicago and you had never been to Chicago before, you would think that like Chicago was this insanely awful place that you know you really had to like be on edge everywhere you went and you know you couldn't even walk down the street to get a coffee which is we know is is not true um because chicago is actually a pretty awesome city so with that being said san Pedro sula uh, you know it's kind of the same was the same for me right i was you know, going in, obviously it's a foreign country. I, I didn't speak the language and I had, you know, all of these statistics that have been thrown at me that I had, you know, looked up. And and so I definitely had some biases going in. They quickly not quickly, but they definitely subsided after a certain point in time because it's it's just a normal city. Now there are certainly, you know, violent areas. Uh, and we did go into some of those. They were, you know, areas that we went in there with intent but there's smart ways to do that Uh, we always went in in very uh, controlled intelligent ways and San Pedro Sula as a whole uh, within Honduras it is the industrial hub of Honduras there's a lot going on there there's lots of of manufacturers lots of uh, refineries if you will uh, because it sits on the northwestern, uh, I guess, edge of the Sula Valley, and the Sula Valley is just teeming with agriculture. Uh, and so then there's these refineries that are taking those those raw products and turning them into all kinds of things that get distributed, you know, throughout the country and then sold to other countries uh, and pushed up, you know, 30 minutes to Puerto Cortez to, you know. Be shipped out, but point being is there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of money um, there, and there's a saying in Honduras, and I don't remember exactly what it was or how it goes, but essentially this the the point of the saying is that San Pedro Sula has or like makes all the money to in Honduras to keep Tegus upright and. That's just something that the local, that I've discovered talking to the locals there that they, they always kind of talked about, but um, definitely, you know, just like any other city with you know pockets of, of very wealthy, you know, middle class, and then some very, very poor areas. But a beautiful city, beautiful city um, that overlooks a really, really beautiful valley.
0: Thanks. By the way, that sounds a lot like uh, how Chicago makes all the money for Springfield. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. For sure. Springfield's <laughs> kind of crappy,
0: but Chicago's where it's at. How effective would you say was the team during its mission? I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased, right? So, <laughs>
2: but I feel that we we were actually very effective um, at influencing in a positive way the region or representing uh, the United States Army in that area, and actually focusing uh, in on the, the lines of effort uh, that was prescribed to us and affecting those. And we we certainly had an adjustment period in getting, like when we initially got in country, just like, as I think everybody does, you're going into a foreign country, correct? So. We, uh, it took us about a month and a half um, to really start to feel the pulse um, and get a, a decent understanding on the ground. And then around about um, three months, I would say close to that, is where we really started to solidify a coherent plan. We really kind of honed in on what we wanted to accomplish and how we were going to accomplish effectively uh, within the framework of the LOEs that um, JTF Bravo had provided us.
0: What would you say were the obstacles that you faced and how did you guys work to overcome them? I mean, it's a
1: very,
2: very obvious one, but
0: we had one Spanish speaker
2: on the team. It was our team Sergeant Juan. Juan Hernandez and thank God for Juan, you know, uh, he was amazing and did an amazing job at juggling his response, his team starting responsibilities. And, and then the uh, insane amount of workload that comes with being the one Spanish speaker. I I didn't really understand uh, initially what that was going to look like for him. And then once we really got into it, it was just kind of like, holy crap, what can I do to help alleviate Juan's you know, load? He was kind of inundated and I felt bad, but there wasn't a lot I could do because there was only so much Spanish that I could learn you, you know, so at, at a certain pace, but he did an amazing job. And I guess the way we got through that obstacle was just Juan biting the bullet and, and grinding. And um, another obstacle, I would say, we were the first iteration of civil affairs uh, reservists to come through under JTF Bravo for our whole rotation. The teams that we replaced uh, had switched over from uh, being underneath AOB to being underneath JTF Bravo one month before we arrived. So we really um, spent the first few months as well like while we were trying to get a solid grasp of, of the region and the area on the ground also trying to do the song and dance with a new partner in a sense with JTF Bravo JTF Bravo was trying to figure out how to utilize us correctly like what we were our capabilities all of these things right so It it created, at times, some obstacles, right? But those were overcome through constant communication and just patience.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, Do you think at the end of it, anyone from JTF Bravo gave you some comment to say that, hey, this worked out pretty well, we'll continue to use Army Reserve CA teams to come through and rotate in JTF Bravo and be underneath them directly?
2: Yes, absolutely. We definitely by like constantly communicating and, and providing feedback to, you know, the J9 and there was just there was a lot of communication, a lot of teamwork. I th- I think over the course of our you know, it ended up being like ten months that we were there. Yeah, you definitely saw the evol- you know, the evolution or you know, them figuring it out. And I think by the time we left, through all the conversations that we had. Uh, as we exited. And then with our, you know, talking to our replacements, I, I, we, I, I feel like we're in a much, much better place. And the the teams following on were in a position where JTF Bravo could provide them very clear guidance and, 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 and LOEs to set them up for success.
0: It's almost like you guys were the guinea pigs, but you, you kind of paved <laughs> the way for everyone else. For sure.
2: I, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. And you know, sometimes, uh, you It's know, okay, tri- there always is one, right? Yeah, yeah, trial, trial and error is, I guess,
1: a part of the scientific method in a sense. So.
0: Yeah, we do it all the time.
1: Everywhere you look, there's a barrage of emails and information telling you what everybody has done, is doing, or plans to do, all in excruciating detail. But access is only half the battle. You also need information presented in a usable form. But that takes work, and the more information you have, the more work it takes. Tesla government takes on these issues so that your office or agency can fully exploit the data you already have. Our knowledge management experts organize and curate your internal data. Our open source research augments your knowledge base with strategic insights from our globally experienced team. And our data visualization turns complex data into compelling visuals, while our community building makes sure everyone benefits by leveraging (laughs) collective knowledge. With Tesla government's knowledge management solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com.
2: Do you have an idea for an upcoming podcast or know someone who may be a good person to interview? contact us at capodcasting at gmail.com.
0: What kind of tips would you give to any cats that are like before they go in country, what kind of research and preparation should they do? What kind of communication should they have with, you know, the joint task force or their higher headquarters or whatever? Uh, what, What kind of preparation as a team, just within the team, do you need to do?
2: One thing that I found was very useful for our team and our entire company, we kind of jumped on board and did these personality tests before we, we left or you know got in country. And, and the reason being was because there was a lot of, of transplants at the last moment. And so while there were teams who had been working together for extended periods of time already and knew each other well, you know, a few of the teams were teams of strangers to each other. And that's tough to, to meet someone for a month and then get dropped out. I mean, but that's inherent to our, our line of work. Correct. So.
0: Right. And then you got to live uh, with them for 10 months. Exactly.
2: Yes. And, 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 you know, depending on, you know, the situation in the country, uh, we we had a great uh living situation but it was a little bit compact being in uh MTV's real world you know we 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 navigated it well i i think but we also were the oldest team of all of the teams that were there so i think that played a part in it you know we were the mature <laughs> the geriatric team as we, yeah. <laughs> we um, but, you know, I think that maturity went a long way um, because in the end, part of the advice that I would, you know, give is to be an adult, right? And uh, I had mentioned, you know, previously about, you know, we had a really robust op tempo. And I, I think that that's a really important thing to think about for me. And for a lot, I think a lot of people, you know, you have an A-type personality. You get you get into some place and you want to go, go, go. You want to do, do, do. You want to make everything happen, and that's awesome and that's great. But you know, I th- I think for our team, we were all kind of that way. We really went after it hard, and I think you know about like four months in, we all kind of like had a moment where we kind of we we realized we were gr- grinding ourselves down. To, you know, exposed nerves, we really had to, to take a, a step back. And, you know, we, we had some serious conversations about that. And we came up with, you know, some solutions, which just in, simply involved like having a day off, you know, every once in a while. It's imperative that you um, structure your, your op tempo appropriately, that you don't burn yourselves out because it's very easy to do. And nine months doesn't seem like that. And it's really not that long, but when you're going every day and like you're driving six hours to, to an engagement and then you spend an hour or two engaging and then you spend that six hours driving back and you do that over and over and over again. Um, Because there's a lot of driving involved and it's not easy driving. It's Central American driving. Right. Uh, which is, which is a different animal, but you know, the key is to, you know, communicate with each other, like always be talking and it goes without saying, be a good teammate, you know, sharing, you know, pulling, always pulling your weight. And if everybody's pulling their weight, then it's never too heavy for anyone to, to get through, you know? And then, uh, I guess, you know, the, the last thing I would say is that, we're in CA. So everybody understands that we're people, people, and we talk. But with that being said, you know, you know, you don't like make sure that you really are taking the time and truly building the relationships that with key people that you're, you're encountering there, because you know, whether whether it be the host nation entities, NGOs, you know, Department of State, whoever it may be that you're working with. It's incredibly like on a human level, build those relationships. It's really that simple uh, because you you may not need anything from them or like any of that. Uh, Just it it may not be that relevant in the moment, but at some point in time while you're in country, the relationship with that person is going to be relevant uh, because you're living there. Life is happening. There's just random scenarios that you can't ever think of or game plan for that, you know, you're going to need advice or help or whatever. Uh, A perfect example of that is a woman that we met who was the president of a rotary club. I mean, you would say, oh, you know, she's just a president of a rotary club. They do good things in the community. They do like charitable work. That's awesome. Like, yeah, they, you know, that might be someone we definitely want to partner with so we can, you know, use their money. But um, it wasn't so simple as that because this lady knew, knew everyone. And when I say she knew everyone, I mean that i I really think that she knew everyone. <laughs> but she seems to know everyone that was in any, position of of status there which was wild right but like then you you know you really get to know her and her father had started like three different like highly successful businesses in Honduras and had started his you know business aspirations like 70 years ago 80 years ago and so he had been someone important within Honduras for all of that time and like Honduras is a small, small country. It's tiny, right? And so, everyone knows everyone who's in, you know, the upper circles. And her relationship, our relationship with her turned out to be very, very fruitful for us. And it would have been easy to kind of, like, be dismissive of her because we had so much else going on that didn't involve ever working with the Rotary Club, but we we did put in the time and we had several meetings with her that seemed like a bit trivial, but in the end, it really was. I can't you know stress enough how fruitful it was for us, um, especially you know once COVID hit and we uh, couldn't move about, and she did a lot of logistical work for us, and she was awesome. So I can't stress enough. Just uh, make sure that you really are taking the time on a human level to build, build those relationships.
0: It's like when you go through the social network analysis and you find out that this person you did not expect to be a key influencer really is. And especially in this closed, uh, you know, all, with just a few nodes or whatever you're looking at. And also knowing that you are one of many cats, right? You're one of many teams that's going to come through. And if you spoil that relationship somehow, the people coming behind you may have a very difficult time trying to reestablish a relationship, or she's going to say bad things about you. That's going to poison the well down the road for whatever they may want to do.
2: Absolutely, John. And, and when you come in, I saw it happen. And I I know a lot of people, a, a lot of other people have probably seen it happen, but it's very easy coming in as the replacement team, as the new team coming in, you do your rip and, however long it may be, but both teams are coexisting in the team house. And you're like, by the end of it, you're like, Hey, go ahead, and get on out of here. Like, let, we we got this. Not, not that you're getting on each other's nerves, but you're just, you're raring to go. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I got, I got it. That's great information. And we'll pick it up from here and we'll go. Uh, but with that being said, I guess whatever relationships that they've, that, that previous team has built, you know, it's important that you continue those relationships, no matter how once again, trivial they may seem, or like maybe your, your time and country, you're going to focus on something a little different or the mission has shifted or changed those, those relationships that they've they've built. You're going to need those, right. Um, those relationships, and they will come out to turn out to like help you. So don't be dismissive, I guess, of those previous relationships as, as well. And, um, Put the work in, put the time in to call them every once in a while to, you know, to, even if it's just that, engage them and make sure that you still know who they are and that you're still on their mind. And, you know, Hey, we're, we're, we're working on these other things right now, but let's like meet up and have, uh, you know, some coffee or, or lunch or something. And then let's, let's talk about what you have going on. You know, it's that simple. So,
0: yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, whether it's a professional or personal relationship, everyone wants to yeah. get some love once in a while, and remember, hey, you don't forget about me, right? Send me, drop me a line, meet up for coffee, yeah. and that in person stuff is, is really beneficial.
2: Absolutely, and uh, I guess my point in all of that was like, don't have that like uh, too large of a of a, you know, that let your ego be too big that that you that you might be dismissive of previous teams' work.
0: Well, we'll close it at that. Sergeant First Class Josh Spears, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thanks for coming on the One State Podcast.
2: Absolutely, John. It was a pleasure, and uh, I wish everyone all the best.
0: The Civil Affairs Association is calling for papers. As a green force that operates in gray zones, how should civil affairs understand competition? How would a global civil-monetary network be a geostrategic game-changer in the struggle with authoritarian powers for global dominance. To address these questions, the Civil Affairs Association and its partners invite civil military professionals to send original papers by the deadline of September 3. The top five papers will appear in the 2021-22 Civil Affairs issue papers, and authors will present them virtually at the CA Symposium this fall. The top three papers, as determined by symposium participants, will receive cash prizes, For more information, visit the CA Association website at civilaffairsassoc.org. Thank you for spending some time with us. Please subscribe and come back for another installment of One CA. Until then, be safe and secure the victory.
1: In civil affairs, your success depends on getting the right information to the right people at the right time. Whether it's foundational information for a team about to head out on a mission or putting together a map or other data visualization to brief a general or an ambassador, Tesla Government solutions and staff can help. With Tesla Government's knowledge management solutions, you're adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com.